Welcome back. So today was a question of branding. This is an excellent question. And they were wondering what to do with their brand and they were really paralyzed. Like if they didn't get their brand locked in exact, that they couldn't do anything. They couldn't go speak anymore. They couldn't uh, post on the website, on, on Facebook. They couldn't do anything if they didn't get their brand straight. Now, this is really interesting because I completely believe in branding. I've helped dozens of businesses get their branding locked in. However, I also know how organic it is and how it happens over time. So my daughter is loves YouTube and there's this rivalry that's been going on between one YouTuber called Markiplier and another one called PewDiePie. Now I'm probably saying PewDiePie's name wrong because I am not a YouTuber, but my daughter is. So they've had this big rivalry going on and on who can have the most subscribers. And it's, it's people, I mean, there's thousands of people involved, maybe tens of thousands. Uh, yeah, I think it's tens of thousands of people involved getting their friends to sign up for one or the other. In fact, we have one of each in the household. We have somebody who really loves Markiplier and someone else who loves PewDiePie. And it's kind of like a Ford and Chevy rivalry. It's just a difference of perspective. I mean, the one who loves Markiplier says, oh, but he does charity and he raised, I don't know, like $25,000 for charity on his last charity run. And the one that does that loves PewDiePie is like, well, he did the same. PewDiePie did that too. So I don't really see what the difference is or why we have to, why we can't be all friends. So here's what's interesting. I asked Kira about the, about PewDiePie and she, and she said this to me. She said, it's interesting because when you go back and you look at what he did to begin with, it's so completely different from what he's doing now. And he's one of the biggest YouTubers out there. So when he first started, I believe he was doing, um, reviewing horror games. And she said, that went on for a while. And then the trend on YouTube went to doing commentaries on stuff. So he started doing commentaries on stuff. And then the trend went to doing reviews on things. And so he started doing reviews on things. So his brand has fluctuated with the times, much like David Bowie, if you're from my generation, he got so much criticism for changing his look in his songs once a decade. I'm like, good on him. He did great flexing with the times. He could have been an old has-been, but he wasn't. He made pop music that was relevant to the time and stayed up with the times. And that's what PewDiePie is doing too. So what I'm bringing all this back is to say is, yes, branding is important. I mean, think about David Bowie. You recognized him instantly, right? When you saw him in the 70s and the 80s. In the 90s, he looked a lot like everyone else, but that was the thing in the 90s. Don't stand out, right? So he, but he was recognizable in each time. His songs were recognizable. You knew that you were listening to David Bowie. And so that's what I want to say about your branding. It will change over time. So when you're making a change, how do you choose what to change? Do what both of those guys did. What are people asking for? Are people asking for to do, let's see, let's plays, I call them, of, uh, of um, games online? Because a lot of YouTubers do gaming stuff. There's a lot of money into that. So are you playing a game and doing a let's play? Are you reviewing games? Are you doing a commentary on games? Or even, I love this, commentaries on other YouTubers is really big. So are you doing that? What is it you're doing depends on how you can best serve your tribe now. 
So when I first started serving my tribe, I started as a life coach because I was helping them to clarify their dreams and helping them get started. And you'll see that in a lot of my marketing from the older days, my igniting dreams. And I still use igniting dreams because now I do it from a marketing aspect. What I didn't realize when I started was because I took it for granted. See, when I did my marketing, I went from knowing absolutely nothing to $60,000 a month in four months. So I mistakenly thought everybody could do that. Well, because that's what they say, isn't it? If you go to any of these big name marketing, they make it seem like anyone can do it. What I learned is, no, that happens to be my area of genius, and that's why I can do it. And there were all these people coming to me who were suffering because they didn't have that in their area of genius. They were helping so many people and doing such wonderful things, but they couldn't get the word out there. And they recognized that I could do that for them. And I started doing that for them. And I realized that what my tribe needed, and I still do some life coaching on the side, but what my tribe needed was they needed me to help them get the message out. So now I ignite dreams in a different way. I'm empowering the dream makers. I'm empowering those that are helping others with their dreams. And it's really cool because it really leverages. There's only so many people I can life coach, but if I can help the life coaches, the speakers, the consultants, the business consultants, if I can help you get to your people, then look how much of a a bigger impact that we're making together than just me alone. So I really have loved how my tribe has called out different things in me and brought out different things in my brand so that I can go out and help others. So if you're resisting change, you might think, what is it that my tribe needs for me? How can I empower them? If you're itching for change, look around and see what is it my tribe needs for me and how can I empower them? Because you might be itching for change for two reasons. It might be because you have entrepreneurs itchy feet which happens and in that case you need to look at where your profits are and stick to that stick to where your profits are because that's where you're serving your tribe people vote with their wallets don't go herring off in another direction and lose all your profits but you also might have itchy feet because you're feeling a change that your tribe needs from you like I was feeling a change that my tribe needed from me and so in that case you want to listen to your tribe and what did I just say they vote with their wallets we all vote with our wallets so make an offer if you think hey I think that they might I think we might want to do this together for instance the six-figure business card came from this when I had several people come to me uh, where they had almost lost their shirts in marketing and we needed to turn their businesses around fast like within 30 days And so that's when I sat down, pulled out all my marketing tricks, and we developed a six-figure business card. And so now I've helped coach after coach, consultant after consultant, turn things around within 30 days or less using this simple process. And that all came from the necessity of the crying out for pain and finding the solution together. So listen, listen to where you can help and move to that. And then your branding will come from that. Your battle cry will come from that. My marketing should pay for itself came from person after person calling me and saying, I just spent 10, 15, 20, $25,000 on marketing. It's been three, six, 12 months, and I've got nothing to show for it. And I said, this is, this is bollocks. No, marketing should pay for itself. Now, yes, you have to get out there and you have to use the marketing. I can put the six-figure business card in your hand. It can be done. The offer can be fantastic. If you don't put it out there, you're going to get nowhere. And yes, I have had that happen. It breaks my heart. But if you don't have the confidence to get out there, 
then that's another thing you're going to have to work on. So that's why in, you won't get just marketing messages from me. You'll also get things to motivate you, to kick you in the butt, to help you keep going. Because marketing itself won't fix all the problems. Sometimes you have to fix yourself first. And that, that self that won't step up and won't say, you know, I could help you with that. Because you're too scared for no. So this all comes back to branding. And what you're called to do can change over time. So listen to the call. What is the call? What is the pain? How can you help with that pain? And that will take your branding right to the sweet spot of your place in the world and where you can particularly help people. So I hope that helps. I hope that helps you with your branding. Sit down, brainstorm. What do your clients call you? What do you, they keep asking you over and over again for help. And I find this even more with strangers because when strangers ask what I do, I usually don't tell them immediately. I wait and hear what they have to say. And then I hear what their pain is. And it's like, oh, I can't get enough clients into my business. Well, I put clients automatically on people's calendars. Really? Tell me more. What is the pain that you're solving? And when you hear yourself saying it often enough, that's when you realize what pain it is you're solving. So what's the other moral of this? Get out there and talk to people. I say it over and over again. You must get out and talk to people. It happens in the synergy of the moment. It happens when you're out there helping people. So get out, put something on your calendar this week. If you're not getting out, find a meetup group. There's millions of them. And just get out and talk to people, see what's going on in their lives. And make sure it's the people that you want to work with, by the way. So there's been times when I've tried to help people get their branding honed in, and I realize that they're calling out to broke people. Now, broke people comes in a later phase. First, you need people who can afford to pay you so that you can keep your business going and serve more people. Then as your charity branch, you can help the broke people. So in this phase, we want to call out to the people who can afford your services. And then later, we'll call out to the broke people. So make a keep, keep a separate list of what the broke people are asking you. This is not to say that there's anything wrong with the broke people. We've all been there. But I'm just saying that for you to help the most people first, you have to help those who can pay you so that you have enough of time and money to help those who can't. All right. I'll talk again soon. If you have any questions, send them in to 911 at lizhester.com, and I'll be happy to answer them on another broadcast. Talk soon. Remember to share the love. If you enjoyed this episode, send it to your friends, send it to your family, send it to your colleagues, send it to your marketing geeks. I love marketing, so let's share it all together. If you have any questions, please send them to me at 911 at and I will check your questions out. Send me any links to the pages you're have, referring to or any links you can show me what's going on with your funnel. And we will look at it together and I'll go it on here. I also am working on a video stream, so I will have a channel for that as well. And we'll be able to see it as well as hear it. So once again, that's 911 at com. And if you want to know how it is that I roll these funnels out and stay in profit while still building, as you know, that can be very tricky, but I've cracked the code on how to do that in sequence so that you stay in profit. If you'd like to see what that looks like, you can go to lizhester.com slash blueprint and get your blueprint for how to roll out your marketing in the right order so you can stay in profit and help more people. That's it for today. I hope you had a great time and I'll see you next time.